0: Let's make sure Glenn's not late for his next meeting. You're working too hard, Glenn. You're old, buddy. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining us for the PebCAC podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all-around good people. It is week 32 of 2023, and I got to see my buddy Glenn at the Giants game. With me, I have my co-host, the Vanilla Gorilla, whose team, the Arizona Diamondbacks, beat our Giants in extra innings.
1: Uh, they haven't been my team since uh, I think 2001, when they actually won the World Series. So they're they're like a nobody to me. Uh, and hey, you forgot about something. There was a third third will with you you two idiots out of the uh, the game. What's up, Greg Chew? Are you a listener? Yeah, we'll find no. out. How do you guys know? <laughs> yes. how do you guys know uh, old Greg? I know I know you interviewed him once before. I probably shouldn't say that, but. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. One of out. you two guys did. I'll no, leave it in there. Like they can guess.
2: Well, he was there for a good reason. Like I said, it just he, he was a good guy. I guess we know him, right? So had to invite him. He was available too, and he brought his son, pretty pretty cool kid.
1: Yeah, he's a cool, dude. I had a uh, a, a really interesting experience uh, last week. We've been doing a lot of like these. Uh, whiteboard Wednesday things where we have, you know, customers come in or prospects and we send them food. And the idea is like, you just have like a, like, it's kind of like, you know, 10 o'clock it's too early to drink in some accounts. So it's like, we send them like a snack box and say, so I like, have like this host guy and he comes on and he's like, Hey, you know, we're about the tea I sent you and the gummies and blah, blah, blah. He's like, what was your favorite snack? as a kid. Right. And people are like, Oh, you know, uh, things that, you know, that would resonate well, like, Oh man, like really like Lunchables or, ringdings yeah yeah like Mm -hmm. funyuns and then this dude came on top and just made me feel so old he's like takis i'm like all right you are obviously like i like (laughs) talking chips but they they were not when i was a kid that was not a thing so this dude there's definitely a 20-year gap between me and him (laughs) making a comeback those takis
0: and we have glenn medina who almost caught a fly ball at the game (laughs) it was
2: very far away your your representation of a fly ball was like not even
0: that close
2: (laughs) and i've got my hands like two feet apart here (laughs) interesting it was a good time it was a good time catching up with you i haven't seen you in how long chris
0: since rsa i think
2: rsa yeah it's been a while yeah holy cow and, and it's been just as long since I've seen Brian. So, yeah, we've got to get together sometime and record in person again.
1: Now, you yes, ruin you everything. Yes, could be at Black Hat having fun, but no. Yeah, I know.
0: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and since you said Stings. Black Hat, come and see us, booth 1660 on the floor. Come find us. No I guess this week, but at the Giants game, we were trying to get Greg onto the show. He started asking us buying questions, like how do we record? So I think we can convince him to come on. We do know that Greg is a listener, so here's our challenge for you to come on the show. Combine, we have decades of information security experience are here, not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got four awesome stories for you this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This week, we're going to talk about the intersection of video games and infosec a new banking law to crack down on fraud. For our third topic, attackers abuse Google AMP, and close with social media talk. For our first topic, I am a self-proclaimed gamer, and I think the intersection of gaming and information security is a really interesting topic. The first gaming infosex story is uh, is for one of my favorite titles, Activision's Call of Duty, so the current flagship game right now is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. There was a self-propagating worm that was infecting players who played this game on PC and it was spreading so fast Activision took the drastic measure of taking their multiplayer servers offline and the game was unavailable until they could figure out what was causing the worm to spread. The worm is thought to be related to a vulnerability found in the Redis open source database software
2: interesting didn't it didn't affect people that were gaming on consoles is that right
0: yes that's that's right i think the worm was specifically built
1: for windows so it wouldn't affect xbox or playstation i wonder the reason why i didn't hear that is because it wasn't like propagating into corporate environments like i I missed this story entirely usually when i read the show notes i'm like oh yeah i heard about that oh yeah i saw that on twitter and, and whatnot but this one just like wow completely out of left field. I had no idea that even happened. How many people do you think that actually impacted? Is that like a couple million people playing that game?
0: Probably. It's it's a really popular online game. I'd have to check on Twitch. It's probably like the third most streamed game maybe.
2: But most of it though is console though, right? I thought, I thought a lot of that was console driven. Not, not on gaming PCs. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: No, this is a good mix. I think... Most people that stream play on PC, which is it's actually nice now because I forgot which Call of Duty they made the change, but they allow cross-platform now because it used to be if you're on Xbox, you can only play with Xbox people. If you're on PC, you can only play with PC people. But now, if you're on PC, you can play with Xbox and PlayStation people. So I think the hardcore gamers and the streamers, they all use PC now.
1: Yeah, I don't think a, uh, any console player can hang with a, a keyboard jockey.
0: Yeah exactly
1: you think so why is that because of the ability to
2: hit shortcuts a whole lot faster and get to things and the refresh rates and the the speed of the computer and processing
1: i have never played a console or a any video game on a computer in my entire life so i have no idea but for whatever reason people talk about the responsiveness maybe of the mouse and accuracy i have no idea Some, something to do with about that but i, Chris, but Chris I
0: know you played fortnite I didn't play it on a on a PC though. Oh, you didn't? Okay. But yeah, mouse and keyboard is a hundred percent the way to go. Uh, well, a asking someone playing on, it's just more responsive because on the console you just have these two sticks that you have to manipulate, and it's the sensitivity that you can get on a mouse and keyboard. It is the way to go. And it's There's like no tuning way in Tokyo,
1: huh? On those little gaming sticks. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I don't get it. I will tell you what, I, Chris, you got to tell me why. But like, I can't. I don't think I can ever game to the extent that I hear some people do these all night events. Uh, I, I'm in it for like five, ten minutes and I'm bored. Uh, maybe it's I'm showing my age here, or it's a hobby. That or I just get I get vertigo like after three minutes.
0: Right? It's so. competitive. It's like it. You know, esports is considered a professional sports so that some people are just at the very top of their game. Some people might not think it's very physical,
1: but it is very mentally taxing. Yeah, we did a campus tour for my son, and they were doing like an esports thing, and like it was some video game that I've seen him play. Like he wasn't there for it, but they were talking about it, and it's like it's like soccer, but you're using cars. I have no idea. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, I, I know exactly what game you're talking
0: about. The name's escaping me at the moment.
1: I'm like, really? You can get to go to you you get to come to college for free because you can play this stupid game. You're kidding me. And and i That's no the-
0: different than going to college because you're good at throwing a ball around a field. It's way different. Throwing a ball is way more interesting. Like crashing cars. Is way different. Athletics
1: versus a couple fingers. I don't know what you're talking about. By the way, like and here's the thing that like, no one understands about Chris. Like, he's like, Oh, it's my favorite, you know, video game, Call of Duty. But like Chris is number one up all hours of the night? He's up at the ass crack of dawn every single day. Um, if I happen to go into a slack channel called random, homie is posting in there all the time.
0: <laughs> if I have some
1: sort of obscure reference, he can like about anybody, he's already got it. Like, that's why we call him like the uh Chris search or whatever web crawler, yeah, yeah, Chris, so web elastic. Web crawler Chris. yeah, elastic yeah. man over here, and then he's got and then like any type of content that you want like movie wise like, oh yeah i got it just come over here and get it i'm like and on top of that somehow he's still married and likes his kids like i don't understand how you have time <laughs> chris has figured out a way to like kind of duplicate himself and that's just scratching the surface because like and then on top of that he's a gamer and then he's gonna go to black Hat for the week maybe maybe not and then defcon right and then and then, and then all the while he'll probably burn her phone and still be able to throw out like random pieces of trivia content and images that he just shouldn't even have. It's just I don't tell you, man. He's, he's going to get on that plane and someone's going to sit next to him and says,
2: "You're not real." What I don't know what's wrong with that dude, but you're not real. <laughs> That's who she was talking about. Now we know. Yeah, now I we try know try. it was Chris.
0: <laughs> I try. Not enough hours in the day for sure. So, so the game you're talking about is Rocket League. I just yeah. looked it up. Yeah, Rocket League. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> That was bothering me because I, I knew it was really popular maybe like five years ago, but I guess it's still people are playing that a
1: lot now. I knew too. it was Rocket League too. I wanted our listeners to be like, it's Rocket League. It's Rocket League. <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys. So, so, okay, can we go back here? So yeah. what, what did the worm actually
2: end up doing? Like killing people's PCs, stealing a bunch of information? What's what would, At the end of the day, what was it?
0: I'm actually don't know. I'd have to read the article again, but I just know this worm was just self propagating onto people's machines. And I'm sure it would have had to exploit things like privilege escalation if they wanted to do something bad, but it was spreading. Activision's like, we got to stop this. So they they literally pulled the plug on it and turned off the game until they could figure out what what was going on.
1: They probably just went out to Twitter, Instagram, and upvoted all the Babylon B stories. That was probably, yeah, yeah. exactly got them really popular
0: a like like farm yeah
1: yeah
0: Yeah, but this is not the first time gamers exploited a zero day to wreck someone's day if you remember back in 2021 players of minecraft accidentally discovered the log4j vulnerability when they used the java-based games chat feature to do things like play annoying noises or crash the machines of other players but Someone with more nefarious motives found out about it and used the vulnerability to
1: own countless machines with the Log4J attack. Yeah, I remember. Boring. I just remember this is like every security company out there was very, really, really quick to post. We are not vulnerable to this. We're not one of them. Yeah, okay, great. That's for Log4J.
2: (laughs) For Log Log4J, right? Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. And there's countless questionnaires you have to answer. Yep. And then games like Genshin Impact that use anti-cheat software. And anti-cheat software, by definition, has to be buried deep in the kernel. They've also been exploited to do things like take advantage of that kernel permission and kill processes like antivirus and EDR software on the endpoint. So there's a deep history between gaming and the InfoSec community.
1: Do you remember the first time you came across like a rootkit? Like how mind-blowing that was? Yeah, that, that could persist even if you delete it. Well, not only that. You so no, number one. I think one of the first ones I had is like I, I went through cleaned up someone's computer, and this thing was cooking, man. Like it was hot. I'm like, what the hell is going on with this? Am I might have to like reinstall the entire computer? And I started finding out that there's these things called rootkits could evade like all these tools that you have out there. And I think I was using Rootkit Revealer, which was probably made in Russia or something like that. And sure enough, it finds this process that was hooked into the kernel that was hiding itself from like the task manager, even in safe yeah. mode. I was like, "What the hell is going on right here?" I remember killing it, rebooting it, and then the computer comes on. And it was just like humming, just nice and quiet. Couldn't fry an egg on it anymore. But yeah, yeah those things are scary. Good times back then. Has there ever been a it's... kit for for like Linux Mac?
0: I'm sure there have been. Yeah, Mac maybe less so, just because they own the hardware. But Linux for sure. The other scary one is the the UEFI boot uh root kits now it buries themselves into the firmware of the motherboard like that's you gotta like trash the motherboard at that point
2: when's the last time you guys built a machine have you guys i helped i helped a nephew build a a gaming rig, but that's at least been two three years now and even before that it was like five or six years since since i did that you guys building machines still
0: I built the lab machine probably five years ago. I, I went on PC part picker and I got all the all the correct parts for it. And then I do plan on building a really nice gaming rig after I move because I'll actually have time
1: to play games after I move. I think uh, shoot, I've been a Mac guy for probably 15 years now. So that was the last time was maybe even before that. If I play games, though, I probably do it. Yeah, if I was a child, if us. I was a grown child with zero <laughs> sex drive, then <laughs> I'm just kidding. Cause... Come play Call of Duty <laughs> with us. <laughs> I get my jollies from the controller. <laughs> okay.
0: Right. For our second topic, if you know someone who's been the victim of a BEC scam, a business email compromise, or some kind of Zell scam, then this story is for you. A common scam being run today is to offer someone a work from home job and then mail them a bogus check. After the victim deposits the check, the quote employer asks the victim to send part of the money back to them using Zelle and Zelle is a peer to peer payment service run by all the major banks, at least here in the US. The victim does this as part of their quote job duties and then the check bounces and the money sent through Zelle is gone. It happens more often than you think, but a new law in the UK may change that. In the UK, there's going to be a law put into effect, putting the responsibility on the bank that would force the bank to reinforce, that would force the bank to reimburse people that fall victims to scams like this. And the thought here is that hopefully, if the bank is on the hook, that they'll implement stricter anti-fraud controls. Because right now, the banks have zero motivation to prevent fraud. They, they actually can benefit from it because you're using their service. And if you send the money off to some guy in Russia and they're like, oh, sorry, your money's gone. Nothing we can do. So that definitely impacts customer satisfaction. But since when do banks care about customer satisfaction?
2: Well, not only that, but they get the you know charge the account thirty five dollars or fifty dollars for the
0: for the bounce check uh, fee for yeah. the for the
2: return check <laughs> fee. And so they win they win both ways, right? So it's like that's crazy.
0: Yeah, well, you so know I what? think there was a bank they they piloted this at a UK bank, and they said, yeah, we're gonna reimburse one hundred percent of all fraudulent charges, and then that made the risk management department put anti better anti fraud controls in. So even though they're still paying out some of the ones that get through, they said their losses have significantly decreased after they they did this.
1: So first and foremost... i well, a 10-day
2: hold on checks that don't come from anywhere. Sorry, Brian. No,
1: no, you're good. Well, that's, like, that's the thing. I, so like if you get a check, right, depending on who you are with your bank, a certain percentage of that dollar amounts to get deposited, right? So it depends on how much funds you have. Like if I got a $1,000 check, right? Maybe the the funds available to me might be a thousand, versus my son's might only be three hundred bucks. So it kind of boils down to like 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 that. Yeah, but there,
2: there's also a thing that you could do. Like I've I've gotten checks before from uh, a family member, and I've always thought that their checks were going to bounce, so I would ask <laughs> the bank hey, uh, can you validate that there's funds inside this before I deposit this so that way I don't get hit with the, the bank charge? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> nine times out of ten, they'll do that for you.
0: I just go to the issuing bank and get a cut. Yeah, you there. call the issuing bank yeah. and then they'll... Oh, down. that would be good. It's well, a verification of funds request, I think.
1: So this whole thing is like a giant scam. And, and it's not a scam on behalf of the scammers. It's the scam of the banks, right? Like... They're they're kind of off the hook because they're just like whatever I'll just pawn it off onto the to the end users and it becomes their problem. The UK is actually doing kind of a, a good thing with this law, which is putting the bank on the hook. Now here's where it gets even more effed up. So do you guys know who owns um, Zelle?
0: It's like the four major banks here in the U.S. I think. False. Right, City, Chase, Chase, Wells.
1: No, it's Early Warning Services, a, a company based out of Arizona. What does early warning services do? They help protect the banks and they they take in all this information and feeds on credit cards, on banking accounts, on checking and stuff, uh, checking accounts and whatnot. That way, when you go to like a POS and you're about to buy something and you and they, they run the check through, it kind of scans it real quick. It's actually, it's actually reaching all the way into your account to see if you even have the money there before it even clears or if it's been stolen or fraudulent, right? But... Early Warning Services is doing this as a benefit to protect the bank, not the users, not, you know, not the customers. They they should be protecting the consumers, but at the end of the day, they're like, eh, F it. We'll just go ahead and, and protect the big banks, which is, I think, uh, Early Warning is held by the big four, as you guys are talking about. But that's, that's really the company that owns it. Yeah, Zelle was meant to compete against the
0: fintech companies, so like PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, that's that's their equivalent of it. They knew they were about to be disrupted by these fintech companies, so they tried to disrupt themselves first by creating this Zelle, but they implemented it without any of the proper controls in
1: place, and that's why there's huge scams going on with Zelle right now. Yeah, anytime I send money to someone that I haven't done before, it's like, double-check, because once you send it, it's gone. I'm like, man, whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it does make life a lot easier to be able to just send money via to someone, you know, via their phone number. Yeah, peer pay you payments. To...
2: Yeah, yeah. Venmo is a big one for me. I love Venmo. <sighs> it's I so Venmo. easy.
1: It's it's really yeah. It's hooked into my like like if someone sends you money, you got you got to put that into your account. And I don't want to have a direct deposit line into my account from there.
2: Oh well, it just. I just hold on to the cash. I leave it in Venmo because I know I'm going to spend it someplace else. And that's
1: what they want you so, to do. Venmo's, that's what they want you to yeah. do. They
0: want to hold your deposit. Sure. And then one day, I'm when... not talking like a lot of money there.
2: <laughs> so I'm not talking
1: about hundreds of thousands of dollars. So... What? You have a thousand dollars? Wow. <laughs>
0: Chris, we know one a thousand here. Glenn... Wow. <laughs> when Glenn Medina says the wrong thing on X or Instagram, Venmo's going to freeze your account and not give you
1: your money back. Okay. Oh, yeah. I have... Freaking like like thirty two dollars and fifteen cents on Apple Cash and I don't even know how to use it. I'm like someone sent me money like re, like I think it was my sister in law, she's like, oh, I'll just send you VM money via Apple Bam. I'm like, what the hell? And I got it. So I, I I hardly ever use it, and it's been sitting there for years, right? And Apple's just yeah. laughing. Collecting the Open engines. up
0: a open a savings account with Apple. They're paying four point one percent right now. Ooh,
1: did they do oh, they have a top in on that?
0: No, uncapped.
1: Shut up, really? Four percent yeah. cash back, un-
2: uncapped. Get out of here. Yeah, four no, percent. I think it's four point
0: one APY. Yeah.
2: Wow, that's
1: pretty good.
0: Yeah, I think it's held by Goldman Sachs, but yeah, un- uncapped.
1: I think the best money market accounts like three percent right now.
0: Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, there's some regionals that will do like five percent or four point seven, but four point one guaranteed through Apple, and it's really easy. It just you, you have to tie it to your traditional checking account, and just send the money over, and it's there in one to three days. Man, I'll have $1,000 like Glenn before I know
1: it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, there's no better way to get the banks to fix things than to put them on the hook for fraud. And there are carve-outs for negligence. So if you're just blindly sending money out and they can prove that you've been negligent, they're not on the hook. But if it's some innocent person really thinking they got a job offer and sending money, then they'll be covered and reimbursed for fraud. Mm-hmm.
2: Well that's the same theory as credit cards as well, right? So if you look at credit cards, you're not on the hook versus a bank card, a debit card where you're immediately on the hook for that money that comes out of that account.
0: I I think credit card fraud's a little different because if your card gets stolen or the number gets stolen, then yeah, you 100% should not be liable for it. But if somebody falls for a scam, like well, I guess a credit card scam you you technically aren't on on the hook as well but this is more of yeah. some clever attacker finding a way to get you to sell them some money
1: i heard the liability i'd be like
2: uh, go ahead no no please
1: it's like something like if if you lose a credit card i think it's within the first couple of days if you notify before any fraudulent charges come on there like your liability is actually zero and between days 2 to 60 Your liability is like only 50 bucks on a credit card, which means you can lose like you can lose a credit card and be like someone went out and, you know, bought a new car and a bunch of crap out here. and Like that wasn't me. And they're just going to write it off like it's nothing. Like that's crazy.
2: I've got I've gone back six months and didn't realize that someone was dripping money from my account, you know, a dollar, two dollars, ten dollars at a time. And then and then came back and was like, hey, I need to audit this. Went back and they took all those little charges off. So it was it was amazing. That's pretty cool. And I think it's how we figured out bank. the,
1: yeah. if it's, a, if it's uh, more than one cent charge in your credit card, you, <laughs> you know get, about you it. Get the That's notification. Right. I know about it pretty quickly.
2: That's wow. right. right. So.
1: For
0: our third topic, attackers are using Google's AMP project to get their phishing links through email filters and web security tools. Google's AMP feature accelerates the loading of pages, usually news articles and news pages by stripping out anything unnecessary for the page to load. And it's intended to be used for mobile devices that have limited bandwidth or processing power. So think of those low-end Android phones in the developing world. That's where this technology really shines. The URL looks like google.com slash AMP slash the actual URL. So it could be google.com slash amp slash Some email filters will see the first domain and they'll recognize it as google.com and allow it through due to its good reputation. But the website will actually link the user to the URL reference after the AMP in the web address. So in my example, it'd be ChrisLouie.net. This can allow attackers to bypass email security filtering if they're not looking for things beyond the, the domain. And if your web filter only does things like domain-based filtering, like DNS only solutions, or if you're not performing SSL inspection, it could get missed too. Very clever. Hopefully Google will do something within AMP to mitigate
1: these types of attacks. Do you think it's on Google or is it on the, the email filtering?
0: It's, it's both, but I think Google needs to do a better job. If you're going to be using their amp, they should scan the URLs to make sure they're not malicious before allowing
1: it through. Interesting. I thought the, uh, I don't believe that'd be, are they, I don't think that's even a thing. Do you,
0: it's all like bitly. Like Bitly should have some obligation to scan the link that they're linking through for the link shortener. You know, Bitly can clearly say, we don't scan it. We just provide you a service to shorten the link. But a company like Google, who has, you know, a a gigantic threat intelligence team, just put it through one of your engines or put it through VirusTotal. They own VirusTotal. If it comes back malicious as VirusTotal, then don't allow AMP to be used on it.
2: That's just another... It, for right now, it's another vector. It's whack a mole, right? So they probably see this and go, "Okay, we've got to add this." And additionally, for the email, you know, email filters out there that that need to add this, or email security vendors out there, they just need to add this as another another method to protect.
1: So if I'm understanding you correctly, That's just saying that Amp will just willy nilly just like whatever it is, and they'll just generate the link. Yeah. And accept it blindly. Okay. All right. I agree with you. They, they need to uh, scrutinize the links a little bit. Can you imagine? Just the, the garbage you can throw through there. Man, yeah, that'd be good. But yeah, the yeah, uh, it shows
0: up as Google.com.
1: The what? The
2: repeat that again, Chris.
0: Said so the link just shows up as Google.com, but you're actually visiting a different website because it's you know yeah. after the AMP. You Can see the wheels turning for Brian right now. He's trying to think of how he can exploit this.
1: <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I kinda am. And I'm just and I'm and I'm also thinking, wow, that is that's just stupid. Like I can't believe they're not doing anything, any type of sanity check on that. That that's a huge miss.
2: Well, how would how would a content filter solution save from this? Because it's it's a it's a subdomain of AMP, right? It it could be how would you create a rule to protect, to, to look for amp.chrislouie.net? You could
0: block it. So if, if you can read the entire URL string, not just the SNI and not just the host name, you could put a, you could put a block for amp in the, you know, google.com slash amp in the, the address bar. Um, the other thing would be if you scan, so you have to do something like SSL inspection, you have to scan the entire contents of the page to see if the, is this a phishing page?
1: I think the, the easy button is isolate, right? See Google AMP, just throw it in isolation.
0: Yeah, or do that. Yeah, this is this is like the... We talked about it on the show a while ago that people were making the Microsoft logo instead of... I think instead of like using an image of it because some email filters will scan for an image of the Microsoft logo, but they were using like a two-by-two two table and then just coloring it like the Microsoft logo, and they were using that <laughs> to bypass email filters or some of them do take use images of you know wells fargo so if i highlight the page nowhere on the page does it say wells fargo but there's a picture of the word words wells fargo so they, they could do that to try to get around the filters and like you said glenn it's just it's it's whack-a-mole they're going to come out with this and then yeah. gonna, Google's going to to counteract it and then just kind to come up with something new
1: so on that amp are, are you like let's say we're using the chris louis example uh, chris louis.net are you seeing on the destination server, your server, are you seeing the client being Google? And they're just doing kind of a reverse, well, not, well yeah, I guess they are kind of a little bit of a reverse proxy in rendering that page from their uh, AMP. Yeah, yeah,
0: pretty much, yeah. Because, yeah, Google's acting as that proxy in between because you're, you're going to a Google destination and they're just downloading the page on your behalf or accessing a cache version of that page. Jerks. Yeah. <laughs> Get your security in order because this might be more exploited unless Google does something about it. I wonder if you
1: could, on a, on a proxy, if you find google.com forward slash AMP, we don't want to block it because, and you, you, number one, you want to block it. Like, what if it's legitimate, right? So that's, that's one problem. Two, maybe you don't really want to isolate it. Maybe you don't have the wherewithal or the licensing to do it. So could you take that and then... Parse that link and then just redirect that traffic. Probably not very easily, but you, I think it's feasible. So you you hit yeah, there, yeah. AMP
0: just strip everything after and then paste that in. Do a redirect. I, I think you're
2: missing the whole point of that though. Right? Is that it's used by some countries to to serve pages faster because of the devices that they're on.
0: Yeah, so that that's the point. Yeah, they're they're trying to accelerate. So I, yeah, I'm not sure if it's caching or if, I, I'm pretty sure there's they they do remove a lot of the unnecessary stuff off the page as well.
1: Probably just for mobile devices, I bet though.
0: I mean that's what it's geared for for sure. I, I think if you go to news.google.com on a mobile phone, I think all the all if not most of the links are amp links. But if you go there on a desktop, you usually don't see the the amp there. Oh goody. Something for you to test, Brian.
1: In my spare spinning. time. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll come back next week with something awesome. Maybe I won't. Yeah. Maybe it's a chupacabra. For our last topic, and it will be a
0: rotating topic every week, this week we're going to talk about our digital detox progress i know brian has mentioned he quit social media for the last month and i quit reddit after their api pricing changes since i couldn't use the apollo app anymore glenn also mentioned he quit facebook since he is a boomer so i just wanted to (laughs) see if you (laughs) noticed anything different since you left social media for me my phone usage went down significantly using the screen time feature on ios i could see my average daily usage of the phone and after i quit reddit my phone usage went down 25 percent week over week so you could clearly see it the week that apollo was still up versus the week after apollo got killed my phone usage was down 25 percent so that's good but i also replaced that screen time with my steam decks so when i used to complain that i don't have any time to game anymore it looks like my gaming time went to browsing reddit
1: so I'm with you. I saw my my screen time definitely go down. Battery life on the old phone went through the roof. Um, no longer doing the old death scroll, right? I think I'm. I, I find myself more in the moment of things. Like I'm not like even normally on this podcast. I'm like, oh, these guys suck, and so I'm just sitting here scrolling on social media trying to find something to.
2: <laughs> we just lost Brian, but he's still talking.
1: Yeah, we'll have to fix this all in post.
0: Yeah. <laughs> until he realizes he's disconnected
2: yeah just see his big fat head (laughs) send him a message so so for me chris uh i i've replaced facebook with youtube and i'm just listening i'm just looking at shorts like all day long um but i i do like listening to my audiobooks um i have uh what's that program called on the phone audible um audible and I have a set of books that I like, a set of authors. I listen to those. And then every once in a while, I probably catch every fourth, fifth. Once a month, I like to catch our our podcast and just listen to them. Because I, I like to listen to how, to how stupid I sound at times, to be honest. So, yeah. Brian.
0: Brian's back at a different angle. So, he booted up his yeah. backup laptop.
1: Yeah, the desk scroll, feel like I'm paying more attention. Do you guys hear me talk crap about you guys? Like, you normally in the podcast, I'm on social media scrolling? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, and then the other one that's kind of weird is that overall, I feel happier. And I think that's kind of a weird thing, because I, I feel like I am acutely aware of the control of what social media has on you, and so I try to kind of pay attention to like what I'm inputting into my mind, and I'm kind of aware of the, you know, the control that's out there, but I do think that I found myself comparing subconsciously myself to things that I would be seeing on there, whether it was uh, people on vacation or maybe the gym bros, right? That are on there working out and giving me tip, tools and tips, right? Like you just, I don't know. It was a little bit of a, a, a mind F to be honest with you. And I was like, wow, man, I don't, I'm not actually carrying that anymore. Like the, the focus at the gym is a little bit different. Right. And then. Or how about that video, that cool guy playing Call of
0: Duty Modern Warfare 2 that you aspire to be? Which cool guy are you talking about? You? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I, I think overall, just uh happier. Like I just, you know, rotting your brain with all that nonsense. Which is kind of surprising to me because I just getting off of it, just to kind of show myself that I can put the phone down and not be there, I thought that was it, right? I didn't know that it actually had that type of control and then you know a little bit on the old echo chamber as well i just kind of, like i think everyone i i'm friends with on social media kind of we all kind of think of alike and so getting out yeah. of that um and i didn't leave twitter and for some people i would think that you know x it, yeah x excuse me i think a lot of people left twitter when elon did his thing uh if you're one of those people i would probably maybe come back and the, and the only reason i say that is it's not because I think that Elon is has better values and opinions on stuff. What I th- would say is that if you want to actually see both sides of a topic, now it's there clear as daylight and you can you know draw your own assertions from it would be my my recommendation to you. I don't know if you guys are on Twitter or see that as well, but that's one thing I'm definitely enjoying about it at this point in time.
2: Is the fact that there's no propaganda one way or the other.
1: Um I would say that the propaganda is probably still there. The difference is I'm seeing both sides of the propaganda. So, oh, I see. You know, like on, on whatever yeah. you know, whatever side of the topic you you would normally fall on, you would just go down that 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 echo chamber of just that view. And now I'm seeing opposing views, which I I, I definitely enjoy.
0: I, I'll send a video to you guys in the group chat. I found it on discord and i don't know if it's made up or not but it's so true where there's like these kids that are either crying or dreaming or sleeping and they're mimicking the motion of they're just holding the phone and they're scrolling up kind of like the (laughs) death scroll that brian was describing yeah i'll see uh, my daughter this is what it comes. to be laying there
1: like asleep on the couch and her hand will without the phone the hand will the the hand will look like it's holding the phone the grip
0: yeah uh, yeah, that's actually happened to my wife. She's fallen asleep with her phone in her hand a few times with that with that exact grip, and I have to like turn off the phone, take it out of her hand, and charge it. For her. I'll tell you what, it's
1: You're it's such a nice husband. He is. You charge it for her. set the alarm too. She's not late to work. <laughs> um, one of my daughter, like all of my kids, very either handsome or beautiful, and I'm dad, so I can say that, right? Like whatever. Maybe it's true. Yep. Maybe it's not. I I think it's true. And, and one of my daughters, like, and I would normally, I don't know if I would fight it as much, but I think that I, I understand it more. So she would, she'll, she'll say stuff like, oh, you know, I, I'm fat or, uh, you know, just unhappy with overall with her body image. And so I have my oldest who's on social media all the time. And then I have my youngest who doesn't even want to get on social media because she's like, this, she's only 14 Yeah, And she actually has the the option of getting on, you know, uh, maybe like Instagram type of platform if she wanted. She's like, no, like I don't like I, I have friends like it's weird. I have a 14 year old daughter says I have friends that have body issues because of Instagram. Right. I'm like, wow. Like that body ahead of her time. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. definitely. So she's like, I don't want that that problem. And then I have my 20 year old who I would say. When she goes to the gym, probably every woman would love to look like her, right? Like, but I think yeah. that's your own like double standard in life, right? Like, I don't think anyone's ever happy, but it's it is it's concerning. Like, and when she's like, "Yeah, I think I'm fat," or "My legs are too squishy," or something like that, I'm like, "No, like you're <laughs> you're the end result of what a lot of people in this world, you know, dream to be." And I'm like, "Why is that?" It's because she she's hyper focused on social media, and I've I've come across like where I'll stand behind her and just kind of look at. You know what's on her Instagram or Snapchat feed, and it's just all women that are working out that are just super toned, right? And it's, most I of think, them have filters or they're photoshopped anyway. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think it's just it doesn't do anyone any good. It's kind of so I I, I try to have those conversations where they're like, well, maybe. Number one, you know, being reassuring, but I am dad, so I don't I don't know if she believes it. But number two, just kind of sharing it with Harry, like, hey, listen, like I got off of social media, and this is my mindset on stuff, and there's happiness with it, and you should be able to do the same thing as well. Yeah, I may it's or may everything. Not... In... Go
0: ahead. It's just everything in moderation. Like I think it's okay to go on there, but to spend too much time on it. Same with gaming. You know, it's okay to game a little bit. It's not okay to do you know 24 hours straight. With drinking Mountain Dew and Red Bull, but everything in moderation, and
1: just knowing that what you see out there isn't always real. It's true, and like I am way too old to even attempt to like get into the realm of like wanting to do steroids. If I was thirty years old, I I would I'm not gonna lie I probably do it at this point. If I had the income and that stuff, I'd probably be like, yeah, like I'm seeing all these dudes, and they're like, the only way you can look like this, right, is you got a juice. You gotta do things like that, and I probably be like, oh, you know what? I'm young, dumb. Let's go for it. Like that's, I, c- I could be influenced as well. Thank God yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I'm 31, not 30. <laughs> that's social media gonna be dangerous for sure. But yeah, I'm just go- glad Ooh. I grew up
2: pre-social media.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh. So, so <laughs> I'm only gonna, I'm only gonna share this because I know my kids don't listen. But uh, one of the things I did last week is I was like mother f social media so at the house all social media is blocked right and it doesn't matter if you have an agent or not i just block it and all you hear all day long is man the 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 wi-fi is bugging man like like it's like snap <laughs> they have lte instagram though instagram is down they, they, they do they have the, lte yeah it's it's yeah. barely usable right like it is it's oh okay. yeah okay <laughs> and i'm just like yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't know, guys. It, I was like uh, Netflix seems fast. I don't know. <laughs> Go outside and play. Yeah. But but the outcome of that is like like when it comes time to like to that, they're just they're more in the moment, right? When like are hanging out, they're not in like watching TV, they're not watching TV and on the phone. The phone's just down now. I'm seeing differences, right? Yeah. Across the board yeah. on everything by blocking it. So we'll see how long this goes for. Yeah.
0: Well, I continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. This week, Glenn's up. So, you
2: know, we we've done this a hundred and twenty some odd episodes, right? Yeah. I don't know if I did this one already, but I'm gonna give it a why I'm gonna give it a, a try.
0: Go for it. I
2: hope I didn't I hope I didn't do this already. Is Google male or female?
1: Which one? Hmm.
2: I'm asking you guys, is Google male or female?
1: It's a that, those, isn't it? I'm not giving it pronouns. No. It's a Z. It's,
2: it's female because it doesn't let you finish your sentences before making a
0: suggestion. Oh. <laughs> Do you know my son? <laughs> My
1: son got suspended because of that.
2: I remember that. That was that on an episode, wasn't it?
1: It may have been, yeah. How to build a bomb, but he didn't type in bomb, but it did the autocomplete and notified the school district. Uh
0: Uh-oh.
1: All right, to wrap things
0: up, gamers can make the best hackers. Banks in the UK will soon be on the hook to reimburse fraud phishing attacks are abusing google's amp feature and stay off social media for the sake of your mental health that's all i have for this week we hope you enjoyed this week's episode you can find us all on linkedin links will be in the description follow us on instagram at pepcat podcast thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who rated us five stars in the itunes store and spotify and left us a review we appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show Oh, and by the way, someone did give us a three-star review in the Apple iTunes store, so if you're out there listening, Ooh. we don't appreciate that three-star review and not giving us constructive feedback for it.
2: What is that about?
0: They just left the, re- they left the rating without a review, like a coward. Yeah, I say, come to and Black no Hat, didn't... say it to my face. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's
0: right. <laughs> the best way to find us is a search for the Peppcake Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. My co host Brian Deach and Glenn Medina. I'm Chris Louie. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week, and as always, have a nice day.
1: Ah, Felicia. I love all my five star listeners. It's true.